Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to be talking about summer reads. It is that time again, we have passed Memorial Day, which is the soft start of summer. The official day will be later on this year, but we are already here with some things that we are looking forward to reading over the summer. Plus, if you've still been following, we have we are announcing the winner of our spring book tournament. <laughs> Feels like we started it a long time ago. I know, I know. It's like we're still doing this, but we have we have the ultimate, we have the winner today. So we will close that out as we open up summer. So Gail, what have you been reading lately? So I've actually finished a couple of books, so I've got some stuff to talk about. Let's see. So I read kind of a pair of books, a nonfiction and fiction book about difficult relationships. So the first one is I Could Live Here Forever by Hannah Halperin. And this is a novel about a woman who gets involved with a man who has a heroin addiction or was a heroin addict and is in recovery. So I'm not really giving anything away there. I think that's like on the book jacket. So that's, you know, not, not a spoiler, but it's just about their relationship and kind of the ups and downs and the promises and the breakups and just the sort of the tumult and pain of being in a relationship with someone who has an opioid addiction. I thought it was beautifully written. It just, I had a really hard time putting this one down. I actually did this one on audio and I would would like try to get back to it whenever I could. I just thought it was great. So that I highly recommend I Could Live Here Forever by Hannah Halperin. I also read a book, this is nonfiction called You Could Make This Place Beautiful by Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is a poet and she has written a book about um, her divorce. So it also just gorgeously written. Some of the chapters are like just one line, you know, there's not, it's not really, I wouldn't say there's like poetry throughout the book, but there's, you can definitely see how you can, her her being a poet definitely shows through in her prose. So it's really just all about chronicling like the year or two starting from, you know, when she kind of realized that there was a problem in her marriage to, you know, being on the other side of the divorce also had a really hard time putting this one down. I was always really excited to get back to it. And I highly recommend that one too. So that's, you can make this place beautiful by Maggie Smith. I also read another nonfiction book, and I think this one was something that we, you and I talked about on the spring book preview. It's called The Teachers by Alexander Robbins, and it's about one year that the author spent tracking the lives of three public school teachers across the country. And this is a very depressing book because it is all about so many challenges that teachers face in their jobs, whether it's being, you know, asked to to teach more classes or more students than they really can because of, you know, budget cuts, whether it's asking teachers to put themselves in harm's way with either COVID or school shootings. So that just the safety of being a teacher, 
um, about administration, about difficult parents, about pressure on test scores. I mean, it's just like on and on and on. Super important book. Really glad I read it, but it left me feeling kind of hopeless about this profession and education, certainly public education in this country. It just raised so many things. But I thought it was really well written. And I enjoyed this one. This was like my blow dry book for a while, but then I, I kind of just shifted to doing it on audio and in print. So I finished it off kind of quickly. So those three, did I talk about go as a river in our last show? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Well, so I've got one more. Go as a river is a historical fiction novel about a woman named Victoria growing up in Colorado in the 1940s. And when a book opens, She's got this really difficult life. Her mother and brother have died. So she's living with her father and this other violent, volatile brother. But she kind of is just waiting on them all the time because she's the only woman and it's the 1940s. And so she's just expected to like wait on them hand and foot. And she meets this boy. She's like 16 when the book opens. She meets this boy, an Indian boy, and she kind of falls in love with him instantly And then there's kind of something tragic that happens. So it's all about like her kind of trying to fend for herself in Colorado and this kind of rural small town in the mountains and how she sort of tries to escape her family because her family is awful and just like live off the land for a while. And it's kind of hard to explain. I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but it's just this kind of lusciously written book about this kind of little slice of time and this woman trying to kind of make her way through life. I thought it was pretty good. I had read about this. I don't know where. Got it from the library. Actually, all five of those books I just mentioned all came from the library. So I want to give a little shout out to the library on this one for supplying me with great books. And I thought this one was pretty good. Kind of had like an old fashioned feel to it. I've heard people compare it to crawdads and I wouldn't because it's not like that. It's not a mystery and it's not, I mean, the the only comparison really to crawdads is that it's a woman protagonist in a sort of backwoodsy rural setting, but I don't, I don't really think they're that similar other than that, but I thought it was, was good. So that's go as a river by Shelley Reed. And I think that catches us up. Okay. Well, I'm glad you had all of those. I don't know what I've been doing the last two weeks, but I have not been reading. You know, okay. I was preparing to go away and I was actually away, took my book, did not crack it open. Not one time. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what book did you bring with you? I took, I think it's called Root- Rootless. Oh, that's on my summer reading list. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, don't let the fact that I didn't crack it open during vacation deter you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> from reading it. It's not the book's fault. It's just that it was just one of those, you know, girls trip. There were five of us. Even when there wasn't anything too much going on, there was stuff going on. So didn't do a lot of reading, got back, and there was just like a lot of admin and catch up from having been away and... Saying that to say, I'm glad that you had that to report. I wanted to mention that I'm supposed to be reading a book for book club right now, which is meeting tomorrow. And it seems like most of us have not finished or read the book. So I'm not feeling, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to read it by tomorrow, but I can't get into it. And it's Trust by Hernan Diaz. It just won the Pulitzer, which it shared with Barbara King Solver's Demon Copperhead. You said you thought that that doomed it. I know. I, I, I mean, Everyone says, so it's like a book that's written in four different styles and it sort of all revolves around the same like characters, but it's written from different perspectives and different styles. And I'm apparently in the one that's the hardest to get through, which is the first one. It's the driest and probably the longest. 
So I know if I just push through, it's going to get better. And that's what someone in our book club said, like, just, you know, keep reading. But like, I just, I'm not motivated to pick it up. And finally, yesterday, I just said to myself, you know what? Like, if you don't read it, you don't read it. Like, it's it's clearly not going to happen by book club tomorrow. So, and this may be the first time I have not read the book, but like, I just, oh, I hate that feeling of like, I'm not reading at all because I'm not into the book I'm reading. Right. And it's just, yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I think that that's when I stopped reading just one book at a time. Yeah. Right. That's, I mean, that's a good way to combat it. Sometimes it's just the part. And maybe if you can read a few pages here and there while you're reading something else, you can get by that part. But I remember just one year, you you know me on this show, like sometimes I just like to do little experiments. And one year I, I read, I only, I finished all the books that I read and I couldn't start another one until I had finished the last one. And I read the least books I've ever read, I think. Oh, that's so interesting. Even with like current years kind of being a little lower than before or being busy, I've never read as few books as when I think I read like 26 books that year. I mean, I always have an audio and a print going and then sometimes a blow dry book. So I can shift around. Like if one of them is grabbing me more than the other, I just sort of, like you said, that's where I devote my attention. Even if, even if it was the audio book, I'll just then grab the print of the audio book and, and tag team it. So I think you're right. That's smart. Cause you just give into the mood you're in. And if a book doesn't work for you, then just kind of lean on the others and either skip it or pick it up later. Yeah. I have so many books that are they're not DNFs because theoretically I want to go back to them or could go back to them, but it just was not the moment for them. Yeah. So, and then there are books that I picked up after feeling that way. And then later on I pick them up and it is the moment and it goes so fast. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear what is on your list of what you want to read for the summer. Like Gail and I usually don't set any parameters around book shows and this one is no exception. So I think we decided that it could be either something that you've read and feel like everyone should read during the summer, or it could be some things that are coming out. So I think we have a mix of both. Uh, How many books did you come up with? Well, I have seven and actually I went a different route. Well, I I only picked books I have not read. I picked books that I asked myself, like, if I were going on vacation tomorrow, what would I bring? So like, what would be my... So you went on like a little shopping spree kind of. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, actually there were all books I have in the house and I, but I just was like, what, or what is on my, like, I'd like to, when I get to the end of the summer, I'd like to have read and look back, what would I like to have read? And I picked books that like, rather than books I should read, I just picked books that like, I just want to read that just feel like summer, like totally elective reading. And they're all recent. (laughs) School's out. Right. School's out. So like they're all recent releases, either spring or about to come out. So like they're all stuff that people can get. And I just, I don't know. They're books that like feel pleasurable and summary to me. There's nothing on here that feels really like hard reading, like trust. (laughs) (laughs) These are the antitrust books. (laughs) Okay. Um, How about you? How did you approach this? There ended up being one book that I had read that, I think I just talked about a little bit, but I'll mention it again because it is coming out next week. But for the most part, I followed what you did. And it's like, these are you know books that I want to re- read. There's like books by authors that I really like. 
and they have a book coming out this summer. So about three of them are just like, oh, this is this person's summer book that I, you know, I'm looking forward to reading. And how many do you have? I think I, <laughs> I was trying to, at first I had five, but then that list grew. So I have a couple that I'm just going to mention because okay. they might be authors that I've read. I'm just looking forward to that book so I can briefly mention it. But I think I have a legitimate six or seven. Okay. All right, good. So pretty balanced show. I, you know, I wonder if we're unusual. Like, I feel like other book podcasts I listen to when there's two people, it seems like they are always aware of each other's lists beforehand. <laughs> I kind of like that we don't. I like the surprise. And I also like to see sometimes if we have overlap, just organic overlap. Right. So, yeah, well, I think it's kind of fun. Let's see. Let's see. All right. You want to kick us off? Sure. So my first book on the list is by Sally Hepworth. It's called The Soulmate. It's kind of like a psychological thriller. I think it's already out. So I'm not sure of the date, but you can already get it. So it's about this woman, Pippa Gerard. She is living this idyllic life. She lives on like this bluff that overlooks, I don't know, this the sea or it overlooks something. Anyway, it's a picturesque place. She lives there with her husband, Gabe. And the only thing about this place is that people come here and it's high enough that the people come here to end their lives. And Gabe has developed a bit of a reputation for being able to reach out to someone and stop them from jumping. But then there's this one woman who wanders up there and she actually is able to go through it with it and she ends her life. But Pippa has seen everything from the window. So she has seen like Gabe reaches out to this woman before she jumps, like, which is you're never supposed to reach out to a jumper apparently like you're just supposed to just kind of be there and talk. So she has all these questions and it turns out that, you know, Gabe actually knew this woman. So as Pippa has all of these questions and kind of like looks into like why Gabe, you know, broke what he usually does. Why did this woman die? Was she pushed? You know, did she indeed in fact jump? It comes out that maybe her relationship with Gabe is not as idyllic as would be believed. So Looking forward to this. I think I've read one book by Sally Hepworth. I think her books usually skew a little bit too light for me, but I don't know. This one sounds good. She wrote the mother-in-law or mother-in-law. Oh no. I think I'm confusing her with someone else. Yes. She did write those books. So now I'm even happier than reading this. Yeah. Wasn't that the one she read? I mean, she wrote the mother-in-law. She wrote the mother-in-law. And I think she wrote the one about the twin sisters that I read. The, yeah. The name escapes me. I think I'm I'm confusing her with another Sally who's quite um, popular. Hmm. Whose books I yeah. think are more women's fiction. Right. Even more women's fiction than Sally Hepworth's books. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I know I read the mother-in-law and what I remember of it is that it was, it was a little heftier than you maybe thought. it was marketed as. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like psychological thriller, but it has some suspense to it and, uh, yeah. So I read saying. a good That's sister. Good mm, I didn't read that one. Which was suspenseful. That was about twins, right? Mm-hmm. That one's yeah. the one about twins. I think one is maybe on the spectrum and, yeah. you know, the other sister kind of tries to micromanage her life a little bit and she <laughs> comes up with this idea that she's going to have a baby. Right, right. The sister wants her to have a baby for her. Right. And like, and that gets really complicated. Okay. 
Okay, so my first pick, this book is not out yet, but it will be probably by the time the show airs or soon thereafter. It is The Five Star Weekend by Elin Hildebrand. So I have only read one Elin Hildebrand. I know she is like a whole brand. She's a whole thing. (laughs) All her books are set in Nantucket with these breezy summer covers. And I read such a good one by her that I loved so much called 28 Summers that like I've been kind of afraid to pick up another book by her because I don't think anything will be as good as that one. And I've heard people say that, like, I've recommended 28 Summers to so many people and they've read it and loved it. And then they've been like, oh, and I read Summer of 69 and they didn't like it as much. So I've been like really afraid. I sort of have like just kept 28 Summers as like my sole Elon Hildebrand so that I don't get disappointed. But this one seems really good. So I think I might actually have to pick this one up. So this is about a woman whose life seems perfect. And then her husband is killed in a car accident. And so she's got this, you know, big tragedy in her life. And so she hears about something called a five-star weekend is where you, where one woman organizes a trip for her best friend from each phase of her life, teenage years, twenties, thirties, and midlife. And then they all go away together. Okay. It's completely contrived. It sounds <laughs> like, you know, it just, it got to, I've never heard of a five-star weekend before. Maybe this is actually a thing. It seems like it'd be really hard to pull this off and whatever, but what a great premise for a book, to right? do it, I'm, I want to be your book friend. <laughs> oh, I like that. That would be very good. You, cause you span many of these decades. <laughs> so I don't know. Sounds like a great setup for a book. Of course, it takes place in Nantucket, like all of her books do. And of course, the weekend doesn't turn out, you know, to be this like late happy thing. There's complications and there's like some potential love interest and there's all this stuff happening. I also like the fact that she's a food blogger. So there's like, I think one of the people that she brings is somebody she's never met, but she's connected through through her blog. Like it just seems like so interesting. So I don't know. I want to read this one. I probably will like buy it or find it some, somewhere. I don't know. And maybe this will be like my, you know, my second Elon Hildebrand. I should go on Goodreads and see if anyone's read this yet. Let's see. I think my mother read one by her, is it called Silver Girl? And I think that yeah. was like a Bernie Madoff-esque Golden Girl. Yeah. It was a Bernie Madoff-esque one. And I've read a couple of her books. I think what happens is you cannot read them. Like she usually is a one. She Originally, she was like a one book a a year person, Mm -hmm. which was great because then, you know, you would read the story and you knew what you were going to be getting and it was always going to come in out in May or June and you would have your new Elin Hildebrand book to read. Then she started getting more prolific. She had like this Nantucket in winter series that was coming out during the winters. And I think with her books is I probably hit a spot where I was really liking them and read a bunch of them at, you know, like one after the other. <laughs> Which they just blend together. So after a while, and it's not like they're not good, but after a while, you're just like, okay, I can't. It's like yeah. eating the same candy bar every day for weeks. Right. And then you're just like, right, right, I right. Can't have one for a good long time. And I think that that's where I am with her book. But I did look yeah. at Five Star Weekend, you know, in preparation for the show. I gave it the eye, <laughs> left it off, but see potential over yeah. there. We're in the same place. This has a rating average rating on Goodreads of 4.33 with, with the majority of them being five star ratings. So, all right, well, maybe I've left. You enough, have to see what it years. is in the last week, because usually if it's not out yet, everyone who has advanced copies has it. And it's so, and the 
people who work in publishing. So they usually seem yeah. really positive until everyone until the book actually so like, comes out, right? Yeah, and then they, yeah, and then they usually go down quite a bit, or yeah, I mean, quite a bit in this case could be like three point nine eight, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it's going to be it's going to be good. So right. I think I've read enough. I've left enough years in between my last Elon that maybe I I'm think ready you do. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? So next up on my list, this came out May 30th. So it's already out. It's called the celebrants by Steve Rowley. That and was my next one. <laughs> so funny. That is really funny. I thought about this with you and I almost didn't put it on because this is such a Gale book, you guys. It is five friends who meet up. I think they meet up like every five years or whatever. And their thing is like for each one of them, they throw a funeral because they want to focus on the fact that life is worth being lived and life is for the living. So that's what they do. And they're mostly seaside gatherings. They're college friends like Two of them have married and started a PR company together. Uh, one of them is in the music business. Another one, I think she's the only one who's had kids. But anyway, one of these gatherings, of course, someone has a secret that could change their whole plan of you know how they've been meeting every five years or whatever. And it's been five years since they last met, but they have been like gathering for 28 years. And it seems like everyone is still a little bit of a mess, you know, hasn't quite figured their lives out. And of course the secret comes up that it's just gonna, I don't know, set off lots and lots of things. That is so funny. It. Cause not only was that on my list, that was next on my list. Like <laughs> <laughs> even the order, <laughs> even the order. You. Do you have anything to add? No. I mean, I did not read his prior book, which is called the Gunkle, but people seem to really love it. And so, no, I don't have anything to add. It's sitting here. So I, I got an advanced copy of it. So it's been, you know, sitting in my house for a couple weeks or a week or something like that. And I think it, yeah, I think it looks really good. Okay. I'm gonna, I have, I have a backup book that I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to slot in for, to take the place of that one. Okay. You were right though. That is a very Gale book. It's funny that you, that you thought that. The book I'm going to add here is one that I actually went to the bookstore and bought yesterday, which is so unlikely (gasps) to buy a book. I know. I went to the bookstore and bought it because it is also written by the same person who wrote the book, one of the books I mentioned that I just finished. So this is also by Hannah Halperin. It's called Something Wild. I think it came out one or two years ago because her new book is I Could Live Here Forever. But I just think she's such a good writer that I wanted to read her prior book. So it's called something wild and it's about two sisters who go home to their childhood home and discover that their mother is in an abusive relationship with their stepfather. So I don't really know a whole lot more than that, other than that this book brings up, you know, domestic abuse. It brings up, you know, potentially mental illness or depression that it's about these family secrets and like the sibling relationships and, how the girls, like at least one of the girls has a really good relationship with her stepfather. So she's very conflicted about what she learns about his behavior and how they try to help their mother sort of escape from this relationship. So I don't really know much more than that about it. I just, I'm I'm going on the strength of the author's writing and how much I liked this most recent book. And then I just looked at the reviews of something wild and they were very positive. So 
I think I could have probably gotten it from the library, but you know how sometimes you just want to buy a book. Like they're just, I, I, I buy so few books because I get them through other means that when I have that urge to do it, I just, I just don't resist. I just go ahead and do it. So that is Something Wild by Hannah Halperin. Okay. Next on my list is The Whispers by Ashley Audrain. Ooh, I've been um, curious about that one. Yeah, she is the author. She wrote The Push. And it's so funny because I was just thinking, oh, I'm going to choose some lighter books. And then Ashley Audrain's <laughs> name popped up. So this one is, she's once again concentrating on families and mothers in particular. For this particular one, a little boy has fallen out of the window, I think, when his family is having a gathering with some of the neighbors. And his mom is there. Her name is Whitney. And she is just sitting by his bedside. He's in a coma. They're not sure whether he's going to make it through or not, but the story is told through the perspectives of the women of the different relationships. So she is a loverly. So they're a couple and this has happened to their son. So I guess we'll get to hear a little bit from her. The other players are the parks who they say are altruistic and they're the loverly's best friends. And then there's the goldsmiths who is a young ambitious couple who are in the middle of trying to have a child And then there is an elderly Portuguese couple who is the caretaker of the Loverly's older son who has some kind of developmental issues. And so these are the four perspectives. The women are going to be telling their stories. The course of the action takes place over a week as we, I guess, flash back to that night and figure out what it was that prompted, you know, this little boy going out the window and who bears responsibility for it. And of course, it's like supposed to be questions about motherhood and the sacrifices you make with motherhood. So very curious about this. And the push was so good. So good. I don't know. Something about that kid falling out the window makes me like, made me not want to read this. I don't know because it just seems so painful, but the push was super painful and so good to read. (laughs) Right. Well, he's in a coma. So. Right. Okay. So he's not dead. I am going to be really curious to know what you think of this one. I'm going to let you read it first. (laughs) Okay. If it's really good, I'll read it. Okay. So my next one, this is actually another March book. So it's been out for a little while called All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. This is a thriller. Yes. Defending Jacob or something? Defending Jacob. Yes. Yeah. Which I did not read. It was Um, good. Okay. What is that one about? That one is about Jacob may or may not have killed his classmate. And so it's like, you know, all the family issues surrounding Jacob, what led up to the incident. And then, you know, they get an attorney to defend him and, you know, did he, or did he not do it? Mm, That sounds good. It's good. So was the Apple plus adaptation. Oh, Michelle Dockery. And I forget which, which Chris, maybe pine. Or was it maybe Chris Evans? I don't know. This is one of the Chris's. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right. Well, this one is a book. It sounds kind of similar. It's like a thriller, psychological thriller, mystery, but with a lot of, you know, family dynamics. So then this one, 
Um, a mother of in 1975, a mother has disappeared. Mother of a family has disappeared and no one knows where she's gone. And the investigators suspect the husband who is himself a criminal defense attorney, but there's no, there's no resolution. Like the mother is never found and there's no evidence to show that the father did it. So ultimately the case goes unsolved. And then there's, and there's three kids and the father raises the kids. So then there's, you know, that complication that they're being raised by someone who was the main suspect in their mother's disappearance. And then 20 years later, they find the remains of the woman who disappeared of the mother. And so the investigation gets reopened. And then I think it's like the kids kind of have to pick sides. Like, do they believe their father still in the light of this new evidence? What is the new evidence? You know, are the suspicions against him? refocused? Are they correct? So it's like a mystery. I learned about this show on Sarah's Bookshelves podcast. I think she actually interviewed the author. I haven't listened to that show because I haven't read the book yet, but I don't know. It sounded really good. And actually this one, I also bought in an independent bookstore. So I paid money for both of those two books. So I really want to read them. So that is All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. Okay, so next up is a book, one of the reviewers in Goodreads, you know, they're just like this title, like, seriously, which I kind of agree with. It's hard to say. The Niger Wife mm, yeah. by Vanessa Walters. So it is about this woman. Her name is Nicole Orwari. She has the perfect life. She lives in a nice big house with her husband, who is Nigerian, and she starts to be accepted into this community of women who are all married to like wealthy Nigerian men. And I guess they call themselves the Niger wives. Anyway, while out on a boat, Nicole disappears. And it seems like maybe her life was not as perfect as people would have expected. Like her life back in London was not great. She didn't have great family life there. So it looks like this marriage was just like a real opportunity for her. The police investigation, however, does not go very far. And so her aunt, Claudine, comes to try to find out, you know, what happened to Nicole because she does not believe that, you know, she believes that that there was some type of foul play, that she did not just disappear off of this boat. And so she comes down to investigate. Of course, things are not what they seem. So early word on this book seems to be that it's not quite as much of a maybe mystery or psychological thriller as the copy jacket copy would have you believe. So it does have some lower ratings. I think people's expectations were disappointed, but if that means that it's just more focused on the culture or something like that, I'm not sure, but I want to find out. I'm curious to read this. Yeah, I've seen that one around. Okay. My next one is another bad relationship book. I don't know why I'm like into the bad relationship books these days. This one is called Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. It came out in April. And I think I have this because of book of the month. It may have been a book of the month pick. So I've got this in the house. All these books I've mentioned with the exception of the Elin Hildebrand, I have in the house so far. So this is about a woman. She's living in London. She's American, living in London. She meets a guy and it's like, it just rocks her world. Like this guy seems like he's the one he's like amazing. She's totally into him, but he's not a great 
relationship partner. Like he doesn't respond to her texts. He's like not good at making plans with her. He's like inconsistent. But when he does pay attention to her, she's like completely on top of the world. And something happens to him in his life that she has to sort of help him get through. Amazon says, when love asks too much of us, how do we find the strength to put ourselves first? So kind of like I could live here forever. I think this is a book about a difficult relationship and should, the you know, of a 20 something woman and should she stay or get out of it? This is like catnip for me too. And I feel like <laughs> I want to read this one. And I think I have the audio. So maybe this will be one, like one of my summer audio books. It came out in April and it's Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler. All right. Next up for me is Ruth Ware. She is, I usually read her book when it comes out in the summer. So, and I've read quite a few of her books. I like Ruth Ware. Seems like she's doing a little bit of a departure like a real departure because most of her books they've been like they've been different like you know one's about this grifter who's trying to who thinks she's conning her way into this family you know other another one is like a four friends reunite and of course everything goes wrong type of books like they're usually slept in these sleepy towns and our relationships and someone's motivations are obscured so this one seems like it's more of a straight up like I've got to figure out the solution to this because my livelihood is in danger. It is about husband and wife. It's Jack and her husband, Gabe. And so this is the second time that a Gabe is making an appearance in in my books. So if you have a husband, his name is Gabe, Mm. tell him to be careful because Mm -hmm. in the first one, he doesn't save a woman. Seems like his life is going to be blown up in this one. She and her husband are hackers. So they're hired by security companies to go and try to get into their buildings. So they evaluate security systems. And I guess while they're on a job, her husband is killed. And, you know, the police start to believe there's foul play involved. They believe that she might be the one who's done it. So instead of waiting around for them to arrest her, she decides to be proactive. She goes on the run and she's trying to figure out killed gate and she doesn't know who to trust you know they're kind of in like this really shady kind of business in terms of you know doing trying to break into these companies or whatever so she's not who, sure who might have been involved who she can trust to get the information she needs but that's what the book is about called zero days i've still not read anything by her but i see them everywhere okay so my next book is It actually came out last summer, so it's not new. It's called Bookish People by Susan Call. And the reason I want to read this book is I've mentioned on the show several months ago that I'm sort of flirting with the idea of opening a bookstore. So until I have like anything concrete, I I don't want to, you know, really talk about it much on the show just because, you know, there's not much to say yet, but those plans are progressing. It's not dead. And so (laughs) this is a book about a woman who runs an independent bookstore and she's burned out and the job is stressful and her husband dies and she's just kind of like wants out. And there's a poet who has a new collection out and he's supposed to be stopping at her bookstore for a reading on his publicity tour, but now there's all this scandal surrounding him. And so she wants to cancel his appearance and yet there's some secrets behind the scenes where she kind of still wants him to come. 
I don't really even know what the plot is. It's mostly just like the woman that I'm considering opening this bookstore with, she read it and she's like, you should read it. Cause it's just like good behind the scenes about running a bookstore. And the woman who wrote this book, her name is Susan Call. She is actually the events manager at a bookstore near me called Politics and Prose. So she knows what she's talking about when she talks about the behind the scenes of a bookstore. So I kind of want to read it for research. just a, yeah, research, educational value of it for me. But it also just sounds like a cute book. And I think if you like bookstores, then you might like this one too. So it is book, Bookish People by Susan Call. Got me curious. Like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> she's written a bunch of books, and I, I haven't, I don't think I've read any of them. But there's one about Beach Week. There's one about being a stager in homes, and like they're all set in DC because she works like a mile from here. In fact, I went to an event yesterday and I saw her there. So I mean, she's definitely like very much in the like DC scene, the DC author scene. And I just... Uh, People did not like this book. <laughs> they didn't? It's 2.91. I don't know if I've ever seen anything that well in Goodreads. Oh, my God. Seriously? Well, my... You know how you can see how your friends review it? And then there's, like, the community review. So I will say my friends, who probably are more bookish people... Oh, Catherine gave it two stars. Well, a couple of them real liked it. I got a four or five stars. Catherine gave it two. And then oh I guess I'm a lot of people did saying. not like it. I'm curious. I would have to read the book after reviews. They just said it was an okay read. The writing felt yeah, amateur. I'm at this too. All right. Well, for me, this is going to be like research as opposed to. And it may maybe. surprise you because it's got someone else said it's entertaining, well-written fast-paced contemporary comedy novel. Ooh, comedy. That's where it gets me. <laughs> mm. um, okay. Well, anyway, it's on my list of like possible Anyway, books. read it. You can skim it if it's not okay. good. Okay. All right. So do you have another book? I have two more. You do? Okay. So next on my list is My Murder by Katie Williams. I think it's 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 going to come out before the show airs because it's coming out June 5th or June 6th. And it's it's just a book that I've just been seeing everywhere. And so when I looked it up, I was like, oh, that sounds good. It's about this woman who is like the fifth vi- victim of a serial killer. The twist is that she's involved in some kind of government program that will, can bring people back. And I guess by bring people back, they mean clone clone is brought back so they a clone i think comes back to this woman's family or she is this woman or however we want to treat clones and she's reinserted into her you know like she likes her job she's raising her child presumably loves her husband so she's back into her life and like just trying to get herself reacclimated or whatever but she also wants to has the opportunity and wants to figure out like why she was murdered or what happened and so that's what she goes about doing. I think this just has such a different and interesting premise. I know sometimes media is used to preview people for what is going on. So hopefully we're not that close to full human cloning, or maybe we are, but hopefully there won't be any government programs running it out yet. But it just seems like an interesting perspective and I've seen it around. So I'm curious. Okay, so my next book is one that Nicole mentioned at the top of the show. It's called Rootless by Crystal Zara Appiah. 
And this is another like a disappearing woman story. So a woman, there's a couple living in London. The wife is from Ghana and they get married and then have an unplanned pregnancy. And so the father, the husband is very excited about having a child, but the mom is more conflicted about it. And when the child is a toddler, I don't know how old exactly, but mother disappears. So according to Amazon, it is a heartrending love story about motherhood and sacrifice, providing an intimate look at what happens after a marriage collapses, leading two people to rediscover what they ultimately want and whether they still want each other. This just sounds so good. One of the things that I feel like you will like about this is very Gale-like is that you start off with he he runs home not telling this is the first few pages of the book he runs home she's not there it has happened and then it goes back 19 years to when they first met and oh, it's my type of book yeah and then it, and and like each section or each chapter progresses you towards you know the moment that the book opened so it's like 19 years and then 18 years you see what's happening to them so you see their love story unfold you know them meet in high school other people they were with before they got together. And so it's just very interesting to see them. And, you know, you know, you're building to this moment where she has disappeared. She's left the marriage. So it's just interesting to like, just speculate about like, Oh, I wonder what happened. Right. But yes, the timeline aspect of it and just like the revisiting a moment I thought of you. And if you had not found it or um, put it on your list yourself, I was probably going to recommend that you read it. (laughs) Oh, good. I think I got it from Book of the Month. Or say that you might enjoy it. Okay, so my last book that is is making the quote-unquote list is called The Drowning Woman. It's coming out June 13th. I actually read this back in the spring, so probably mentioned it briefly on the show. It is about this woman called Lee Gulliver. She is a chef or she had been a chef before she is kind of on the run, you know, like she's done something that her family finds unforgivable or she thinks is unforgivable. And she won't go back to her family, even though she is in a tremendous amount of danger. She had borrowed money like during COVID to keep her restaurant going. And she borrowed it from like, she, she got this money from the underworld. Like this man has threatened to cut her finger off and other parts of her body unless she comes up with the money. So she goes on the run and she's like living in her car. I think she was from New York originally. So she's on the East coast. She lives in her car. And one, one night as she's going to sleep, she sees this or it's no, it's early in the morning and she hears a splash and she realizes that a woman has jumped into a river or whatever. She's trying to kill herself and she jumps in and she rescues this woman, Hazel, and they start a friendship and a relationship. And then Hazel asks her if she will help her disappear from her abusive relationship. I thought this book was really good in terms of giving a picture of what it might be like to live in your car, how you're sneaking past people or like trying to really quickly wash up in back back rooms and, you know, the element of safety, like where do you go? Where can you safely sleep in your car? How you might be really tired from doing that. Like, she really doesn't skimp on the details of, you know, it's like not just like this woman living in her car and, and she has a job. 
which she does, but it's just like all these little logistics that show how difficult, you know, how extremely difficult that might be. And I love the relationship that she develops with Hazel. You know, there is a little bit of, is this really a legitimate friendship? You know, how has, has Hazel sacrificed her in some way to facilitate her own disappearance? Like it is really just kind of a mystery throughout, like what's going to happen who can you trust kind of thing. It was really well done by Robin Harding. And I had tried to read another book or did read another book of hers that I didn't like called The Party, but I really like this one. So it'll be out June 13th. All right. My last book is called Games and Rituals, which is a collection of stories from Catherine Heine. Catherine Heine has been a little bit of hit or miss for me, but in general, I've I really enjoyed her. And um, she wrote Early Morning Riser, which I liked a lot. That was a collection of stories. And this one, and I'm not always that into stories, but I just really like hers. They're always like a little, there's like a little quirk to them. They're, there's always something that's like a little, not off to them, a little unusual or unexpected. And I don't know, I'm excited to read this one. This looks like it's what Amazon says, glittering stories of love, friendships formed at the airport bar, ex-husbands with benefits, mothers of suspiciously sweet teenagers, ill-advised trysts. So I think they're all kind of short stories set in like a domestic, you know, domestic setting. And I don't know, I'm a big Katherine Heine fan. So I've got this one from the library, which means I'm going to have to read it in the next couple of weeks if I'm going to read it at all. So hopefully I will get to it. Okay, so just a few quick honorable mentions. Wendy Walker, who I love, has a new book coming out called What Remains, coming out June 12th. I don't know, it's about this woman. She's a detective. She solves cold case crimes. But one day she goes, I think she goes into the bank and she has to like, she gets involved with these two men and one like she develops a relationship with. And really looking forward to to that because I love everything Wendy Walker. The other one that's coming out later this summer, July 18th, is Colson Weiss and Colson Whitehead's follow-up uh, to Harlem. Why can't I think of the name of this book right now? Let's see. It's not Harlem Shuffle, is it? Harlem Shuffle. Okay. You got it. So this is the follow-up. It's following Ray Carney. This time the decade is the 1970s, because when we first met him, it was the 1960s, and he's like this, this thief who's not really a thief because he's a furniture salesman who's trying to walk that straight and narrow path. And so this is a continuation of his story as he like finally made his peace with how he was going to live his life. And the next book looks like the seventies opens up a new can of adventures for him. Carol Goodman has a new book coming out and I also really love her. It's called the bones of the story. Of course, it's literary. It's set on a college campus. Most of her books are. This one is about the commemoration of some colleagues and a student who had disappeared 25 years before. It's a locked room mystery. Like people are invited to come and to remember these people. A snowstorm comes up and you know people slowly start to leave until there are only the students left of the colleague who had gone or who had died earlier. And, you know, the guests start to, to die from there. It seems like maybe this is connected to what happened to the past. I love her stories. They have such, she's, she's so good for like the first, I would say 80% of the book. The last 20% is always wild. I think 
the last 20% of the last book I read was, I think she's gotten better. But most of the times I read, I love these books. They're so atmospheric and good. And then the last, I don't know, 50 pages, I'm just kind of like, what in the world is going on? But I still read her books, still look forward to them. And the last one that I will mention is called The Quiet Tenant. It's by Clayman's Miss Shaloni. It's coming out June 20th. This is this seems like it's super dark and just different. It is about this man. I don't think it centers his point of view, but he has been like kidnapping and killing women over the course of his lifetime. He I think his wife dies and he suddenly has to move and he has this woman who's living outside in a shed. And so he doesn't have a choice. He has to move with her after the wife dies and start life somewhere else. So he introduces his daughter to her as like a friend of the family. So now this woman is seeing like she's developing a relationship with the daughter. She's trying to see what the the bounds of her relationship are with this family. The, the guy, he becomes involved with some other woman that he might marry. So she's in the picture. She's seeing all of this and she's plotting her escape. Seems like the ultimate cat and mouse kind of novel. All right. Well, I think we've come to the end of our show. We did not announce our winner of the March Madness. So why don't we do that quickly? Yeah, we'll quickly do that. I think we've given so much attention to these books so far. So we don't need to do much more than just make the announcement. But the winner of our March Madness is Signal Fires by Danny Shapiro, which I'm quite happy about because it was probably my favorite book of last year. (laughs) So... Thank you to everybody who voted and participated and we will be back next spring with another bracket challenge of books from this year. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our summer reading show. I will, we'll check in at the end of the summer and see which of these we actually got to, but hopefully, hopefully quite a few. Some of these are, these are from like some of my all-stars. So I'm hoping I get to some of them. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that's our show. And until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us.